Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us every Wednesday at 5 o'clock for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets for our Wednesday event are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for joining. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Give us a like, give us a review, whatever the heck it is that you do on that thing. I got a couple of lawyers in the house here today, and guess what? It's going to be a fun show. We're going to play a segment called Burning Questions. Dust that off. We haven't done that in a while, and we're going to do a session of Wicked Smart, where we see if Jim and Scott, my buddies here, are as smart as they look, or maybe they're exactly as smart as they look. But we got a couple of litigators. It's Jim Gallagher and Scott Ford. Welcome to the show. Yes. Scott, how you doing? I am well, David. How look, are you doing? You look good. The The sun is shining behind you. And, yeah, it's a beautiful uh, day. And uh, Jim, you look like you're outside. I am. I'm sitting on my front porch. Show off. I'm here in a studio with poor ventilation. Anyway, uh, th- thanks for joining, guys. <laughs> Scott, in a nutshell, you guys are both litigators, but Scott, in a, in a nutshell, and I'm going to um, mind your nutshell, you know, we're talking 30 seconds here. Uh, let us <laughs> Let us know what you do. Uh, so I represent small businesses, you know, family held businesses as their general counsel. So butchers, bakers, candlestick makers, drafting some contracts, uh, litigating when the wankets get wedgy, uh, when the widgets get wanky. And yeah, I hate when my widgets get wanky. Yeah. Sometimes they do. And, <laughs> and really, that should really only happen in the privacy of your own home. No, I hear you. You take, uh, all, all things to, to small businesses for their legal needs. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, how about yourself, Jim? So I work at a firm called Davis, Mom, and D'Augustine, downtown Boston. I do um, all different types of litigation, primarily employment, a lot of probate litigation, some business litigation for companies that are a little bit bigger than what Scott's handling. Um, Davis, Davis, Mom, known in the past for its clever slogans. What is the slogan of the law firm? Clever slogan from the past that we've kept on is... Uh, Often outnumbered, never outgunned. That was it. I was going to throw you that one. And then there was always a an image of some uh, cowpokes wrestling, riding their horses through the West or, or something. But uh, right. I, I always enjoyed that one. That was one of the few law, law firm slogans I never made fun of in my day. You know, when, you, when you're a firm like Nutter McLennan and your slogan is Nutter Knows, it's like, that's it? What do you know? What, what do you know everything? Anyway, uh, to kick things off, we're going to get to know our competitors, our contestants, our uh, guests today in a round of burning questions. So let's uh, fire up this, the uh, embers here. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. These are not trick questions, as far as I know. 
Let's start with you, Scott, since you are uh, upper left-hand corner of my Hollywood Squares. What's your favorite day of the week and why? Saturday. I just uh, I get to spend time with my wife and kind of hang out at home and work on some projects. Look at him, you know, like, shrewdly, uh, shrewdly, kiss, shrewdly kissing up to the wife, who is um, yeah. a fine lawyer on her own, as I understand it. Yes, attorney yes, Kelly Award. Yes, yes. Very lucky to be married to Kelly Award. Yes, yes. I would agree. You are lucky. Uh, <laughs> I'm teasing. Let's go to uh, you, Jim. What uh, What's the worst thing you did as a kid? That's safe for podcasts, right? <laughs> um, Were you a well-behaved kid? For the most part, my my dad used to sarcastically call me fireball because i really wouldn't get in too much trouble compared to my brothers and sister Wait, um, but wouldn't fireball be the rascal of the group no it was sort of uh in a sardonic way. oh i see it was like one of those reverse nicknames <laughs> like are you awake like when you call uh, the when you call the fat guy tiny yeah right. um yeah did you did you ever have to stay after school jim as a young man uh yes yes i did get a couple detentions that uh, didn't go over well um Mem- fine memories of the breakfast club Playing with matches. That was probably, probably the most unsafe thing I did. All right. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I have a memory of staying in for recess once because I, I, threw, a, I threw a rock at a kid, which sounds horrible, but really I, I rolled it. I was mad at him, but I knew I couldn't throw it right at his body. So I rolled it along the concrete. I don't even know if it hit him, but I got called out for it. And my teacher said, David, did you throw a little rock along the ground at, uh, at Stan over there? And my best friend, Steve Faber, stood up and said, yes, he did. I saw him do it. My best boy, he ratted me out. I've barely gotten over it. Let's go back. Let's go back to you, Scott. Um, simple one. Awfully, this simp- awfully, awfully. You guys were awfully good kids. Yeah. Oh, would you like to take that question? These have to be safe, safe for the podcast, Scott. <laughs> I destroyed an above ground pool. Oh my god! How, that that's amazing, and I'm actually, as Ron Burgundy would say, I'm not even upset. I'm kind of impressed. What? How did you do that? I took the aluminum pole that you use on the skimmer and the vacuum. Yeah. And my buddies and I realized that we would run along the deck that was built along the edge. And we, we jammed the pole in the bottom of the pool and then pole vault into it. But what we didn't realize was every time we did that, we were punching a hole in the bottom of the liner. Oh God. And, <laughs> and <laughs> we turned the thing into Swiss cheese in about 15 minutes and cost thousands of dollars. In that, damage. That is a classic uh, kid memory of playing in water because it wasn't enough just to play in a lake or the ocean or what. You had to do something dangerous. I remember at summer camp one time my bunk was assigned canoeing, and for some reason they left us completely unattended. And so we we were capsizing the canoes, which I don't think we were supposed to do. We would then push the capsized canoe to a dock and, like, push it up on the dock, turn it around. But then we would do this, like, um... Uh, launch boat launch thing where three of us thrust the boat like violently with one guy standing up like with his arms extended it's amazing we didn't die uh let's see um well that's a good answer that's going to count as yours uh scott jim name a product or service you love so much you'd happy to be that company's spokesperson my thanks to the huffington post 101 fun and interesting questions to perk up boring gatherings so, yeah, we're looking for a product. It could be a, uh, a beauty or hygiene product. It could be a snack food. I could do P&M&M's. Okay. Mars company. Yes, yeah, of course. 100%. Solid. What, um, tell us about your you know, love. You can never, your day can never go bad if after you, a couple of P&M&M's. <laughs> I mean. P&M&M's are um, divisive, I think. 
Because if you're a, for a long time as a child, I was a fan of regular M&Ms. And if the only thing available were peanut M&Ms, I would retch. Over the years, I became to, I uh, developed a love for peanut M&Ms. So, um, Scott Ford, if someone made a movie of your life, would it be drama, comedy, romantic comedy, action film, or science fiction? Or any genre you, uh, you choose. It would be a comedy. Okay. And uh, with you, with you in the starring role, I, I would if, if I could choose anyone. I think um, I, I would be honored to have uh, the the late great John Candy. <laughs> you are one third of the size of John Candy. <laughs> so I but, I am now. I yeah. graduated high school well in excess of I was pushing three bills. Is that right? Big boy, yeah. How did you lose the weight? Stopped eating multiple peanut butter sandwiches as snacks. Mm. And. Uh, yeah, just work, working out, diet, exercise. You know, just that that would you would be an example of someone who whose fate was not cast. In other words, it seems like things that you do for better or for worse will, will affect the way you look. Where there are some people who you look at, I don't know. Do you? Do, I don't know if this is a, like a scientific fact or not. But do you think people, everyone who is overweight, can remedy that, or are some people just born that way? It's a weird question, but I'm asking it anyway. Well, no, I, and, and, and so so I think about this a lot. I mean, I, I made a conscious decision. I can't speak about anyone else's in, in their journey and what goes right. on in their life for a billion different reasons about why anyone might be overweight. I know why I was, and I know I didn't like myself as that, and I made a conscious decision to change it. And, but I've fought that every single day since, you know, the late 90s. Still, you know? and, and still I take it. Because typically it's yeah. the other way around. For me, it was the other way around. As a kid... I was painfully skinny and actually made fun of for being so painfully skinny. And it wasn't until I hit maybe ah, 25 years old or something, I realized at some point I was capable of putting on weight in a bad way. And and since then, it's been kind of a, an up and down struggle. I wish yeah. I was always painfully skinny, but yeah, interesting. Jim, would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? Oh, the worst player on a great team. And tell me why. Uh, so I was frequently the worst player on a great team growing up. Uh, mm -hmm. and cause like Scott, I had, uh, some extra LBs when I was a little kid. Really? Uh, wow. This, this is yeah, the, this is I, the I, uh, weight I, loss I, journey podcast today. I was the, the, the round, round amount. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had a little bit extra. And, uh, so I played, I was fortunate to play with some really good, especially on hockey teams, really good hockey players. So much fun being around a great team. Mm-hmm whether you're the worst or the best, but it's just much better. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a better culture. It's a better environment. It's, it's just a better place. And you're okay with being someone who contribute contributed when they could in general, would you say that sort of describes your personality? Yeah. I love being part of a team and contributing when I can. I don't have to be not in it for the awards. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what, a, and and me too. And people, I'm I'm a ham. I got I've always got a microphone in front of me, so uh, hopefully I'm in the right business. And people think I'm sort of fibbing when I say this, but you know I would rather be a role player on a team that does really well than be a star player because I just think if if your success if you can't share your success with anyone, then what point is it? You know, sit in your room and count your trophies, I guess. And Scott Ford, I'll post to you the same question, except phrased a little differently. I think you'll get this, but. Um, the, the question in NBA circles was, was the version of the previous question is, would you rather have, uh, <clears throat> Charles Barkley's career 
<clears throat> pardon me, there's dust in the studio. It's Charles Barkley's career or Robert Ory's career. Now, Charles Barkley, of course, Hall of Famer, never won a championship, but uh, larger-than-life star, or Robert Ory, who has, like, seven championships or eight or something like that, and he, he played a vital role but never really the star. Which would you rather, uh, Scott Ford? It's interesting. So so it is a different question. I mean, because I, I agree with you guys, your answers that, you know, I'd, want, I'd rather be less skilled and on a great team. Um, but, but in terms of a career from a personality standpoint, I think being, you know, Charles Barkley in the, in the, you know, the nineties would, you know, would be, would have been pretty fun, you know, one of the greatest <laughs> plays of the game, you know? Yeah. And maybe he's a bad example because he, he, well, he gets teased sometimes by his, his friends in the industry that have won all these rings and he hasn't, but he's obviously made the best of his situation. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a TV star now. So you can be Barkley, Scott. You can be Barkley. I'll, 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 I'll be Sir Charles. All right. He was on the dream team. Yeah, he was. He was. That that dream team was just ridiculous. Although I, I, I still don't know what Christian Leitner was doing on that team. But anyway, let's uh, give one more question to Jim before we wrap up. If you could be anywhere else right now, where would it be? Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> oh, you want to think about it, Jim? Yeah, I know. Really. <laughs> tell us Hawaii. why. Have you been, Have you been before? Uh, so I was stationed out there. I was on active duty in the Marine Corps. My mm-hmm. wife and I lived out there for almost four years. Wow. Uh, in, Ka- in Kailua, Hawaii. Um, and I would be back there. Yeah, I'd buy a ticket today. There's a direct flight from Boston. So I'm Hawaii sorry, Airlines. did you, I, I, must, I might have missed it. Did you say what branch of the military you're in? Uh, the Marine Corps. Marine Corps, okay. My, I didn't know you were a Marine. Holy jeez. Yeah, so I've been, I was on active duty for... A little over four years, and I've been in the reserves ever since. So just about sixteen years in. Wow, I, I always get intimidated when I'm around a marine, but I really, I really, I really, res- I really respect the the whole code and all that business. How did you spend? Oh, yeah. mo- you you say active duty. How did you spend most of your time? So I was a judge advocate. Um, I prosecuted cases. I defended cases, and then I deployed uh, in 2008 with an infantry unit mm-hmm. in Hawaii, Second Battalion, Third Marines to. Uh, Karma, Iraq, which is just outside Fallujah. Um, we were there from, we left the night of the David Tyree helmet catch. <laughs> it's and funny how you remember that, yeah. I, well, I remember because our Sergeant Major was a huge Pats fan, mm-hmm. and all the Marines made fun of him, like, just maliciously. Oh. We flew from Hawaii to Alaska, Alaska to Amsterdam, and then Amsterdam to Kuwait, and literally that whole trip, people were picking on him. And yeah, then we got home August 31st. And, um, what was that experience like? Uh, it was a great experience. I really, I mean, it was great to be out with Marines. Marines are, I love being in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to be in that environment, seeing Marines do good things. Um, it's, you know, has a lot of stressors and pains and things like that. But, um, you know, looking back, it's 12 years ago now. Um, it was I mean, yeah, were you, the were best you, thing I did and part of the worst things I did. Were you scared at any point? Yeah, there's always times people get scared. Um, I probably was in a much more safe role than most of the guys I was with. Um, I wasn't out every day. Um, you know, like some of the infantry guys that I was with, they were in much more dangerous positions. But It reminds me of, uh, there, there are a lot of, um, of course, there are a lot of war movies and a lot of stories told about what happened in the war and the one that I saw recently that I just hadn't seen and it kind of skipped by me, or you know what? Actually, I guess it's a, it's a recent movie. It is. It came out this year. 
It's called uh, The Outpost. I think it's about the Marine Corps. I should know that. I'm, my apologies to our uh, brothers and sisters overseas. But um, you can rent this on Amazon, by the way, for three ninety nine. highly recommend it. The Outpost. It's the, the story of uh, a troop of U.S. soldiers in uh, the remote combat outpost uh, Keating, it was called, in Afghanistan. And they were sort of left there... Um, I don't want to say completely alone, but it was it was known at the time, time, even among the soldiers who lived there, as one of the most dangerous places to be. They were kind of a sitting duck. There were mountains all around them, around them with Al-Qaeda everywhere. And there was a, a battle there, one of the most uh, bloodiest battles of the Afghan war. This is in 2009. And... Um, just an amazing story, just uh, of of heroism of these a few guys. You haven't heard of this, have you, uh, Jim? I, I'm just no, no, I haven't. Okay, yeah, that's okay. You don't have to know everything about the armed forces, but but um, I recommend that one. And I imagine um, that the it it really is nicely brought to life. You know, there are a lot of stories ab- about wartime and about how bonds are formed, but yeah. I imagine that's part of what you enjoyed being with with um, in your experience. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was actually thinking about this morning. Um, it's like no other, you know, even like the teams we were talking about before, there's just no other, no other situation you really find yourself in where you can form that kind of bond. Um, right. It's just completely different from teammate or brother, sister, family member. It's just completely different. Um, I imagine they made you lose that weight before you, uh, when you're in basic training and all that. <laughs> I did. I lost, uh, my wife will tell you, I lost, I went to OCS after the first year of law school. I was like maybe pushing 190. Mm-hmm. And I came back at 168. They Not do bad. torturous things. My uh, sergeant instructor, he didn't like people who were left-handed. Just, you know, they find ways to pick on you, right? So I'm a left-handed and I always ate with my left hand. Like right. my fork, I would hold my fork, my spoon. And so I don't know when he found me, week two or week three. And he said, nope, you got to eat with your right hand. So I'd never <laughs> eaten with a fork or a spoon in my right hand before. And so then I would just go through the line and figure out things I could eat with my hands. <laughs> so I dramatically <laughs> cut down what I could eat. That's part of the diet. Yeah. You have trouble getting the food in your mouth. That'll, that'll do it. That's amazing. Thank you for yeah, sharing. So. Thank you for sharing all that stuff. Um, so we are, uh, we're going I promised we're going to play a round of wicked smart, which is um, a very cool trivia game. Before we get there, uh, let me take just a minute to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is the place where you go if you want to start your own podcast. We do everything. We'll ship you out a USB microphone, a quality one, not one of those crappy ones. We'll do your intro music, your outro music. We'll put the whole show together, record everything remotely. We've been doing this for a while. It's not just a new pandemic thing. And now is a good time to start your podcast. It's a great way to connect with professionals, keep in front of mind of your clients, contacts, and everyone else. Patch them in as guests on your show. Amaze your friends. Become the next big podcast star. Pod617.com. In pod, we trust. Before we play a trivia game, let me just ask you guys how things are going in terms of business in the pandemic, because I want you uh, to get a chance to let the people know a little bit more about what you do. So, Scott... um, has life changed very much? Is your office um, open or what's going on? So the office, the office is open. Um, I've always maintained a home office. And um, so I was able to, I was very fortunate. I was, you know, not by anything planning wise, I was just positioned well to pivot quickly. So, um, so I have a home office uh, and I've been working out of that and, um, you know, going to the office, getting mail and stuff. Um yeah. So, so that aspect of my practice hasn't really changed much. I mean, um, you know, virtual hearings and, 
Zoom depositions and things like that. But like anything else, any new experience, it's 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 odd in the beginning, and you just adapt. How keep long? Forward. You know, the world's got to the world's got to keep spinning, and it's going to go on without you. You just got to move forward with it. That's how I look at it. So as I understand it, certain courts are opening for certain things, but for the most part, lawyers are doing business the way you're doing virtually. Is that, is that about right? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't put myself out there as the expert on the various standing orders and the current status as it stands this morning. But um, yeah, for the most part, there are categories of, of, of matters that can be heard virtually um, um, but, uh, in person rather, but, um, but for the most part, yeah, it, it, business is moving virtually. I actually, you know, Jim and I've talked about this in the past. I, I actually think it's a good thing for the legal profession. Cause I think, you know, we, we move at a glacial pace by design, um, because obviously the law, you know, the benefit of it is predictability. And, uh, and I think this pandemic and the, by having to do things virtual, there are many things that lawyers do that can be done virtually uh, more efficiently, like, um, you know, status conferences and things like that, rather than dragging everyone into court and sitting there and, you know, spending a lot of time and, and unfortunately often clients money. And what I always view as unnecessary situations, um, not that the status conferences are unnecessary, but being there in person just to get a date for, you know, final right. So I'm thinking there's, I'm thinking that there's a silver lining that hopefully might come out of that. That's my long winded answer. No, that's I, I I hear you, and that that is what people have said is a, a big uh, you know, like you say, silver lining of this period is we we never knew how much we could do virtually, and and even just exactly. even just things like saving a, a commute a commute to Boston, you know, for I mean the three of us I think we all live in the suburbs, and man, I mean. I don't miss that. I tell you, I don't miss the Southeast Expressway when I've had occasion to have to go in there. Um, Jim, how about you? What's it, what's it been like? Is uh, are the offices open at all, or what's going on? So offices, our offices open. We're restricted by the mayor's um, order of how many people can be in in a certain day. Um, so I think we're right now at fifty percent. We're allowed to be in there. I don't think that we hit fifty percent every day, but um, we have a pretty good number of people in and out of the office now every day. I go in. I was in Monday. I was in Wednesday. I'm going to be in next Monday, Wednesday. So that's pretty much how I'm doing it. We have um, sort of an ongoing, I have three, three children. Um, my wife is also an attorney. So um, there's wow, a constant a sort of juggling, juggling act of uh, uh, who's watching the kids, kids and yeah. well, yeah. And like making sure that, you know, prepping, prepping for school and all just other kinds of things, sports, the kids are back playing sports. So there's a lot of things to juggle, What's, but yeah, what? the courts are opening slowly what's the plan um, for school in your in your town is it is the so we're in, yeah. we're in boston okay. um the draft plan i believe is two days on um and then three days virtual mm-hmm. um so but i don't know that that's finalized yet it's gonna get confusing isn't it <laughs> it's gonna get difficult between i mean you're a good example jim someone who your your wife and yourself trying to balance when you go work and then you also got to balance the version of the kids when they're going to be at home studying virtually. I hate to yeah. say it, but uh, there's not a better way. I don't, I'm not sure there's a better way. I'm sure there is a, some better way, but, but we have to keep vigilant with this stuff, but man, it's going to be a mess. Do you think it's going to be a mess? It's going to be very, very challenging. My son just got the horrible news. He was, he's scheduled to be a freshman at UMass honors college and uh, no classes. So that news just came out yesterday, and and so his his at least the first semester of his freshman year will be virtual, which sucks. The poor kid. 
I'm sorry, Griffin. Anyway, um, all right. Let's. Uh, I promised the trivia game, so let's do the trivia game. Maybe that'll cheer us up. And it's called Wicked Spot. Wicked Smart. Let's play it. Come on. I'm smart. My boy's wicked smart. Smart. All right. On this day in history, uh, August. What is it? Seventh. August seventh. Here are some things that happened that I'm going to ask you dudes about. And uh, let's see. Um, Ten questions each. Jim, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. In seven, on this date in 1782, George Washington created this. Oh, what? how appropriate this is. I hope you get this one right. Uh, in 1782, George Washington created this military award. Uh, he was commander of the Continental Army. It was originally called the Badge of Military Merit. What is it called now? The Medal of Honor. Purple Heart is what we were looking for. Oh, that, Purple Heart. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, uh, I, w- I, w- I want to give you credit, but, um, you know. No, that's totally different work. Trust me. There are rules. All right. In 1929, this New York Yankees slugger tied the major league record by hitting grand slams in consecutive games for the second time in a 13-1 win over the A's. Who was this New York Yankees slugger? 1929? Yeah. Yankees. Babe Ruth. You got it. Correct. Where's your ding? Okay. Um, in on the pressure here, yes. I know. I know. Well, <laughs> this is the Boston podcast, man. It's the big time. 1944, IBM dedicated the this the first of its kind handheld electronic device known at the time as the Harvard Mark I. 1944, what was this handheld electronic device? Popular among students, mathematicians, Calculator. That's right. Very good. And on Thanks this, for the tip. <laughs> on this date, and, uh, you know, I'd like to give a little help. On this date in 1976, scientists in Pasadena, California, announced that the uh, spaceship Viking 1 found the strongest indications to date of possible life on this planet. 1976. Mars. That's correct. Wow. On a roll. Very good. And on this date in 1999, this San Diego Padres player got his 3,000th hit. They called him Mr. Padre. Steve Garvey? No. He was a Dodger. Oh, actually, you know what? He did play for the Pirates. But nevertheless, we were looking for Tony Gwynn. Um, Yeah, that's that's okay. In uh, 2007, the third book in this series came out. It was called Eclipse, published by uh, Little Brown. Stephanie Meyer is the author, and it's the charming story of young teenage vampires in love. Oh, that Twilight nonsense? No, wait. I gave you the wrong sound effect. Absolutely right. Twilight. Twilight nonsense is what I call it, too. In 1997, this country star performed a free concert in New York City's Central Park uh, for HBO. He was the... uh, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is correct. Now Now we're rocking. Now we're cooking with gas. In 2018, on this date... This movie came out, and it was the first Hollywood movie with an all-Asian cast. Crazy Rich Asians. That's right. Wow. Check out the brain on Jim. I love it. Uh-huh. In ni- it's a funny movie. It's Born- a funny movie. I actually haven't seen that. I should see it. In, in 19 On this day in 1960, this actor was born. He's an American actor known best for the X-Files and Californication. Oh, uh, David Duchovny. That's right. Oh, boy. This is going to be tough to beat. Huge Scott. X-Files buff. Oh, yeah. wow. Jeez, I gave you the right question. On, and Got fin- me through college. And finally, uh, happy birthday to this actor as well. He was born in 1955. His name is Wayne Knight. He is best known for playing what sitcom character? 
Uh, I guess I should just tell you. It, uh, best known for playing this. Me, best known for playing this character on Seinfeld. Uh, Kramer. No. No. Nope. <laughs> um, we were looking for Newman. Nevertheless, <laughs> fantastic job. I think you got eight. Does that sound about, let's sound about right. Let's check the scoring here. I think I got seven. Oh, tough act to follow. Uh, tough act to follow. Seven is right. Okay. All right. Scott Ford, are you ready? I am ready. Here we go. Um, seven to uh, tie, eight for the win. In 1912, the progressive, also known as the Bull Moose Political Party, nominated this candidate for U.S. president. His face would later be placed on Roosevelt. Mount Rushmore. That's right. Very good. Um, Teddy, not Franklin I know, Delano. I know you know. Well, there's a, Come on. I'm just, I'm just clarifying. Know, all right. Now, wanna... now, no extra points for that. In 1939, this germaphobe millionaire was presented with the Congressional Gold Medal. Howard Hughes? Uh, germ? No, no. Germ. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got it right. Oh, just, yeah. hey, when oh, you, you know, as Brad Pitt says in Moneyball, once you get the answer you want, just move on. Hmm. You're correct. Right. In 1963, this person became the first first lady to give birth since Francis Cleveland. In ni- 1963, this day in 1963, this first lady gave birth. While she was oh, 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 ja- Jacqueline Kennedy. That's right. In 1990, the U.S. deploys troops to Saudi Arabia, beginning the military operation known as what? Desert Storm? Well, or Shield? Yeah. It technically started out as Shield, then it became Storm? Jim's the... Well, you know what? He's right. You're right. It did have two I mean, incarnations, so we'll give you yeah. that one, too. It, yeah, Des- Desert Shield to start. Um, I mean, Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf. That's right. <laughs> no extra points for that, either. Um, at a, uh, in this, on this day in 2007 at AT&T Park in San Francisco, California, Barry Bonds surpassed this slugger as the all-time home run leader with his 756th home run. Oh, for crying out loud. Um, 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 not Joe DiMaggio. Um, uh, I, I don't know it. I, I'm, it's, it's killing. Oh, come it's, on! It's low hanging fruit. I know. I know. Jim. I know. Jim, what was Hank it? Aaron. Hank Aaron would, would have Hank been would have been correct. That's right. Um, in 2018, this Swedish furniture brand opened its first store in India. IKEA. That's right. Very good. Uh, in on this date in 2015, U.S. President hopeful Donald Trump says in a CNN interview that this news anchor had blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her wherever. Oh, um, I don't know her name. I know Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. Yeah. Right. Um, in 2001, this legendary baseball player's bat. A 40-ounce warped hickory bat. It was won in a 10-day eBay auction. It went for uh, more than half a million dollars. He was a player that played in the 20s. The name of the black bat was Black Betsy. Well, he played in the teens and the 20s. Legendary player. Some thought um, also a disgraced player. Ty Cobb? No. Joe Jackson. And um, oh, Shoeless sure, sure, yeah. sure, Joe. Yeah. Sports, uh, sports, uh, sports are not the forte. Go ahead. Yet. In 1970, yeah. happy birthday to this actress who was born in 1975. She's South African, best known for Mad Max, The Cider House Rules, and Monster. Charlize Theron. That's right. Very good. And uh, let's see. In uh, happy birthday to this player in 1991. He's an outfielder for the California Angels or whatever Anaheim Angels. They are now, some say, the best player in the game. Happy birthday to this guy, 1991. 
Oh, he was born in 91. Born in 91. So I want to clarify. Born in 91. Oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, the answer might seem yeah. a little fishy to you. Yeah. That's the best it. hint as I can give. Yeah. Mike Trout. We were looking for uh, oh. Mike Trout. But uh, so uh, Jim is the winner. So congratulations, Jim. Congratulations, Jim. I thought you had him, Scott. And then we, we, we gave you some tough ones you, along the you, way. You, 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 you pivot towards sports and you leave me in the dust. I feel like I just lost my way into a win. But <laughs> what, what was killing me is how disappointed Jim looks on the video chat. He's just sitting there smirking and shaking his head at me. <laughs> the funny thing is, I didn't have a lot of sports questions. And then towards towards the end, I needed some extra. So I threw a bunch in and... Um, Anyway, uh, you guys are awesome for playing and participating. Before we leave, uh, Jim, tell us how our listeners can get in touch with you if they have legal needs or they just want to connect with you. Uh, so you check us out, davismalm.com, D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M.com. Um, that's probably the best way. It's got all my contact information there. That's right. Find Jim Gallagher there and all the info you need to get in touch with him. He's a great man. I can say this. I, can, uh, I know the man and um, connect with him. Learn from him, etc. Scott Ford, same question. Same question, same answer. Yeah. So, uh, scottfordlaw.com has all my contact information. You can reach me there. Awesome. I hope you guys had fun. Yeah, Dave. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, You acquitted yourselves pretty well on the trivia. I mean, you know, it's it's still uh, relatively easy to get into Scott's head with just some. Just like shaking my head a little bit. Oh, he was was playing marine mind games on you, Scott. My God. I know. I know. Imagine how sinister. Thank you, uh, both you guys, for being awesome sports. And thanks for everybody for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, um, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. And by the way, if you are looking for something fun to do on a Wednesday afternoon or you want to hire us to do an awesome hour of fun for your company or your firm, Zuma Palooza is the product that we give out. It's amazing. It's an online adventure. Go to pod617.com slash Zoom for all the info. On behalf of Scott and Jim, my buddies, the lawyers, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Happy Friday. Boston,